So legacy isn't just about what our ancestors did and teaching it forward. It's kind of what was created together. Because if you think about it, it's what you're doing today with your children that create what you want for the future. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo. And in today's episode, we are actually interviewing two financial experts. Uh, These are top tier wealth managers. Both of them have been named to the Forbes 2021 Best in State Wealth Advisor list. Uh, we have with us J.R. Gondek and Vanessa Martinez. So when I looked back and, and was reviewing the book and reviewing y'all's, um, basically your resumes, your CVs, J.R., you, you have almost the, the picture perfect CV for somebody who's going to go into wealth management, uh, a BS in finance at Marquette, phenomenal university, moving immediately into full-time uh, work in financial management, then going to the Kellogg School of Management. This is, this is like one of my dream schools to go to for an MBA. You have your MBA from Kellogg. Uh, Vanessa, you did your undergraduate in Guatemala. So you have just worldwide experience. You traveled all over the world uh, for your company in Guatemala the first six years after college. I know that uh, same to Leo and I, philanthropy and looking for ways to serve others and give is a huge part of your identity. It's who you are. It's what you love to do. And then, of course, your MBA at North Park University, again, an incredible, incredible place to go to school and, and learn uh, business management, finance, and then step into a wealth management role. So um, I just want to I want to tell our audience how lucky we are to have Jr. and Vanessa on the episode today. Uh, this is this is something that that I, I I've been excited about, um, and I don't I don't like to get into the numbers too often. But when I first uh, was doing my research and study on the book and on Jr. and Vanessa, realizing that they're managing directors at the Learner Group which manages $1.4 billion in assets. This is their firm, their group. Uh, they've got a few other managing partners, but what I, wanna, what I wanna communicate to our audience is that these are the kinds of leaders in the finance space that are managing huge amounts of wealth, are looking at huge trends, macro trends across, across the industry, but they also are looking at individual cases for helping families continue their legacy. And that is what the book is all about. I want to introduce you guys to this book. Actually, you know what? Instead of me introducing it, JR, Vanessa, let me turn it over to you. Give us the name of the book. Give us the theme of the book. And just introduce us to a little bit of what you guys have been doing recently. Well, thank you for the intro. The book is called Family Value Our Risk. And uh, this week was the one-year anniversary of the launch a year ago. And as we, we started the endeavor of writing the book, I mean, it really came down to sharing stories and helping families kind of learn from the good and bad of our experiences over the years and really put that into a readable format to help families see what's out there, what's ahead. And really, I, I think a lot of what we've experienced is, is the modern family dynamic and trying to, to understand good, bad, ugly of, of what's out there because it's as people live longer, it's just mm-hmm. gonna be necessary planning um, endeavor for all families ahead. So that's a, a little bit of the background. That's great. Vanessa? 
it was a task to be able to to say the least, Um, but definitely worth it. One of the things that Jar and I truly believe is that wealth is more than just about money. And in the book, we really go in depth on multiple pieces, but one of them is how we can't forget to pass on our legacy that ties to morals and values and all of those beliefs that we have deep down inside. But if we don't have that intentional communication with our family, sometimes it doesn't get passed. Mm, That's so good. So you guys really, part of the reason for the book and what, what we know about you and what you're passionate about is this ability to really communicate, right? To have inclusive and intentional communication with your family so that you're passing on both the wealth but also the legacy. And that I really want to dig into some of that. What do you mean by legacy outside of what we typically think of legacy, which is wealth, you know, an inheritance leading to your children, maybe for several generations. So let's talk about what does legacy mean to you guys as you, as you, in the context of this book and what you're passionate about. Well, one thing we talk about is sharing the stories of your, your good and bad of your life. So Mm -hmm. in China related to, Hey, I was finishing my MBA while you were in diapers (laughs) <laughs> or I got this promotion to this new job when you were in first grade and had to leave early and trying to relate back to the, the good and bad of, of where things are to leave the challenges. Because I think a lot, a lot of times families don't really tell their kids or grandkids what they went through. You see what it's evolved to toward the end of life, but don't really go through the time of, of really sharing that. And we, we find that as a good way uh, to pass along legacy. Mm, very good. I agree with JR. It's sharing those stories, but sometimes we think of, oh, when I sit with grandma, she likes to talk about those stories in the past. I kind of pay attention, kind of don't, right? (laughs) So that intention is what's really important that we set beforehand because just having a conversation and not guiding the conversation or not letting you know we're going to talk about this sometimes doesn't set the stage. So the important piece of it, if I can sit here and tell you a hundred stories, but if I come back and say, so in 2021, it was my year anniversary for my book launch. And I remember talking to you, Leo, about legacy. Hmm. Remember that day where you said this was important to you or how philanthropy was important to you as well as it was, I'm bringing you in to the plan. So legacy isn't just about what our ancestors did and teaching it forward. It's kind of what was created together. Because if you think about it, it's what you're doing today with your children that create what you want for the future. So making sure it's an integrated approach is key. That's great. So the, the name of the book is Family Value at risk. And I know that all of us are to some extent in the risk management business, trying to figure out uh, where we're going to leverage investments, where we're going to look to serve people to help avoid risks, but also not be so afraid of risk that they don't step into the upside gain of the stock market or other investment alternatives. But I love that it's family value at risk because there are a lot of great financial advisors out there. um, And, and, and I, and, you guys clearly are at the top of the game when it comes to financial advising, but the fact that you've been so intentional with your clients to step over to the family value side and build this whole book and this resource to say, okay, you could build um, not just a multi-million dollar portfolio, you could build a hundred million dollar portfolio, 
But if you do not have the transition plan for your family values to go along with that inheritance of finances, it will destroy your kids, your grandkids. Um, you know, they say the second generation lives off of it and the third generation has to start over. So, so what have you guys seen in your research and in the trends for why it's so important to pour in to that next generation? How do you hit the third generation, those grandkids? How do you make sure that that goes through, the values stay aligned? And then, and then really, I guess I'm wondering, how do you do those pre-meetings? What does that look like to start talking about this with your family? Well, I'll just talk a little bit of my experience. So I, I grew up all on the number side. Right? <laughs> Love it. With a photographic memory on a lot of stuff. Very good at remembering, putting stuff together, building and building wealth. But then you experience over the years of what goes wrong when a lot of what you said isn't all fitting together as a family. And you can see where money is lost between generations through lack of communication. And I think one of the struggles we've had over the years is kind of the the senior generation has always been, you'll find out what I have after I leave this earth, as opposed mm -hmm. to being proactive. And when you start explaining why it's important to be proactive, you see this fitting together. And we've really tried to educate families on how it's important to have the parents talk to the kids or the grandparents talk to the grandkids. It's great if you understand how their family plan fits, but if you don't connect it and compare up and down a generation, you have a lot of problems. And once you start to educate the importance of that, we've, we've had a lot of success of understanding why it, it, it's very helpful to, to have that intentional communication, I would say. And I think fun, right? Yes. Nobody ever wants to say finance is fun, but if we make it fun, <laughs> then I think things change. And this can tie, to be specific, the philanthropic giving. So if you've built your wealth, we work hard day in and day out. And sometimes we say, well, I do this for my children. Right. So if you're doing it for them and you care about them, why not get them involved? Hmm. And by get them involved, I mean, should I, as the parent, make all the decisions and say, okay, I'm going to split it evenly between my kids. And then we're going to gift to this charity, this church, this organization. And that's that. Why? Because I'm the mom and I say so. <laughs> that's not very fun. Right. No. But then if I include my kids and I say, okay, Isabella, what do you like? What do you care about? Right. So she might care about helping little kids. Okay. Let's look for an organization that helps them. Now I'm getting her involved and she feels she's part of it. This is where legacy ties in to wealth. It's making them a part of that one goal that as a family, we create. In the past, I think it was very much kind of like a dictatorship, right? I made it, I decide, everybody hush. And that's why we didn't talk about it. And that's kind of what JR is mentioning that they'll find out when I pass, <laughs> when mm -hmm. they get it in their pocketbook, right? That's it. But we want to change that. And that was the purpose of writing the book. It's impossible for JR and I to share with every single family in the world and tell them, hey, this is so important. Please try these, these steps to help you. So writing the book gets it out to more people and makes it known as we share these stories in the book of kind of what works and what doesn't work. And some, some simple things that we've had a lot of success with families is to do proactive gifting. So it's, it's a matter of, do you need to always have the highest amount of value each year? You get more and more and more. What's enough? 
right? And and what we've had is is to keep that shirt sleeve to shirt sleeve that you talked about earlier, where the third generation has to rebuild it. Well, if you're educating along the way and dropping down a little bit of money, we have a lot of success educating the next generation of what to do, how to plan around it, how to get used to wealth and and have much more success with that. And then when a lot of money is dropped down in the future, much better prepared and the structures in place, the communications in place and those simple gift trusts or other vehicles like that to, to help kind of navigate some of that has been a, a very successful uh, method for families. That's great. Will you spend just one more minute too on those gift trusts and what that looks like uh, just tactically, because this is something that I've advised so many people on just, just friend to friend personally and counsel um, when they've, uh, I'm talking to some grandparents when they've amassed somewhere between two to 5 million and you can go up from there, but then I'm, I'm like, why would you not begin to transfer some of this wealth ASAP to the next generation and to the third generation? Cause we live in Texas, Leo and I do. Uh, you don't need $5 million to live on in retirement. Now, that being said, everybody's going to be a little bit different. You can do what you want to do. I'm not, it's not about the money per se, but this is the time. It's a better investment to avoid risk to actually begin to shift that down at a younger age and educate, just like you said, JR. Because if you can help them learn from the beginning and get them into the schools that they need to be in, get them into the education programs that they need to be in, they teach them to be comfortable with money. This is something that I highly, I highly press upon when people hit a certain wealth level. So what are some of the tactical things with the gift trust? Just a short overview. Well, the, the thing we find over the years is we always like to try to bring things a little bit simpler. So the minute you say trust, everybody's <laughs> eyes glaze over like we don't have enough wealth for a trust. That's not... Right. But the reality is trusts are not that complicated or don't need to be that complicated of a, a vehicle. And they can be very successful to build the parameters or safeguards you want for that next generation to comfortably pass around a little bit of wealth initially and then a lot of wealth down the road to, to accomplish a lot of what what you have. So Vanessa and I tend to spend a lot of time in that middle generation of families where we might have the younger generation in our ear talking, hey, can you talk about maybe thinking about gifting down to us, right? I think grandma and grandpa have enough. Can you do a little bit, right? So it, it works both ways that we also like it to, to our, our older generation because it challenges us a little bit. If you gift down, well, then we got to build the portfolio back up to make for that gifting. So it's a, it's a fun challenge, a little bit like Vanessa said, making a little bit of fun. And the other thing that, that families get, you get to see the next generation enjoy that money now, right? And it, it's just a, a good thing for the overall family that we found. As laws change, it's also a good vehicle for just taxes, mm-hmm. right? So it still, it's benefiting both sides, right? The, the bread maker, but then at the same time, the person who's receiving it in the, in the lesson. So if it's a win-win, we truly believe in lifetime gifting. You get to enjoy, not only are you passing on money, you get to live those moments with them. Mm-hmm. And that's priceless. Love that. Love that. That's so good. I Obviously you guys are talking to your clients who have children and grandchildren and you're helping them to think through how do we pass this on? So how are you advising them in what format and, and then how much of the information about money do they share with their children or their grandchildren? What does that look like from your perspective, trying to guide them through that process? Well, every family is different, clearly. But what we, we try to do is 
educate our, our families that the more information you share with us, the better we can help you. Mm. So what we'd like everybody to have is a simple one page net worth statement, list everything you have by title, where it is, there's a total at the bottom, right? You know where you are. Mm -hmm. That helps us educate where things should be, could be better, where things are in place. And then when it's time to communicate to your kids or grandkids, you can either work with a, a skeleton, so to speak, of where things are without values. And here's how it works. Here's what's funded in the future. Or families that are a little more comfortable, you can fill in the blanks of here's how much will be there in the future. Here's how, how to do it. And, and the thing we find with, with kids or grandkids, a lot of times they like to be at Vanguard or they like to be at, at these places with no cost. And what we, we educate on is that's okay to have, but Vanguard or some of these places don't know the family plan. So we, we talk about as the wealth return of the family. And it's accounting for tax planning, everything that goes into that, not just the investment return. A lot of the fees and, and such are so focused on only investment returns. So what we tell our next generation is you don't necessarily have to have your money with us, but you should have a relationship with us because we understand the overall family estate and it's going to navigate you multi-generationally that an outside person that doesn't understand that the dynamics isn't going to be able to do for you. Mm. That's a huge value add. And yeah. I, want, I want to let you add into that, Vanessa, in just a second. But, but that's a huge value add to a client that I think a lot of people miss out on, um, especially when you're early on in your investing you know, journey and you're trying to find low-cost funds and do modern portfolio theory and figure out, you know, okay, well, how do I follow the market where I want to be? But then when you look at generational legacy, it is so valuable to have somebody from the outside looking at the whole family, multiple generations, able to look at tax advantages, able to look at opportunities to um, shift funds through appropriate vehicles that, that let's say you pay an extra 1% or 1.5% a year, the, the savings, if you get the right tax advantages and the right vehicles and the right communication, honestly, just think about investing in the communication of the family unit. So I wanna give a plug really quick to the learner group. You guys have a podcast and the first episode that you guys did was on the net worth statement. So you just mentioned that one page net worth statement. I highly encourage our audience here at Getting Money Right to go check out uh, the Family Value at Risk, Family Value at Risk podcast. And the first episode is on that net worth statement. The, the clarity of communication from generation to generation, from mom to dad to grandkids is so valuable. Vanessa, what else would you add on? It's exactly what you said, the how. I think too many people listen to podcasts, read a blog and want to make sure like, okay, that sounds great. Now, how do I do it? Or what's my next step, right? Because we're all eager to do something better for our family. Nobody says, ah, no, I don't care how my family ends up. We all want the positive. So I think that's where kind of JR and I have worked so hard to make sure that we handhold our clients through this process, right? Because I can tell you, okay, Dave, are you ready? You're going to have a family meeting. Go for it. High five. You got it. And you're going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, what am I getting into here? Right? So this is where we like to walk you through the possibilities of what might happen. Right? Because then when you're 70 years old and you're going to have your 40 year old children in a meeting with you, they're going to ask certain questions. And I want to make sure, and JR wants to make sure you are prepared for these things because we don't want to leave you hanging. And at the same time, if we're there to kind of quarterback the conversation, 
we also help guide it in the right direction. And that's what I think every family needs, just someone to help handhold through the process and give those kind of guiding points to take it where it needs to be. That's really good. So kind of tailbacking on that and just going a little deeper, talk about some of the risks of not having those conversations, not sharing some of this information and being intentional about how you're communicating. How, how do you guys communicate that so that people are then motivated to say, okay, I see the potential problem by not doing this. And how do you motivate them then to go in that direction? Well, we've all watched the movies over the years where you're reading the will and there's surprises and there's shocks and it breaks families. I mean, it is very common without the communication. If you're able to communicate why you chose certain decisions before you pass, it's, it's a much smoother transition and you can understand and ask questions. Well, mom, why did you decide that? Or dad, why did you decide that? And you can explain your logic and where things are. So it's very helpful to avoid kind of breaking the family long-term when someone passes what we found over the years, because there's always those nuances to estate planning that could be surprises depending mm -hmm. on where things are. So what we talk about is, is bringing those surprises to the pre-family meeting as we talk about, like this could be viewed as a little bit of a shocker. Let's talk about that and practice that conversation before we present that. And then when you get into the meeting and talk through some of those sensitive topics, right? It, it, a lot of emotions tend to come up, but at least it's out there now. You know where the feeling is and there isn't the surprise factor later in life. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Two, two main risks. The risk that JR is talking about now, which is the emotional risk and kind of maybe detrimental effects to the children after the fact, because then it's too late. But the other risk is also, again, I'm going back to taxes. I sound like a CPA. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Bringing it back to taxes is, okay, so again, 70-year-old 70, 70 mom and dad, 40-year-old children. You guys have never talked about wealth. So this is what Jair had mentioned, up a generation, down a generation. Now you're saying, okay, I'm going to give you each $5 million. And then they're like, oh, wait, make sure that doesn't go into my estate because then you're going to push me to another break. I don't want to pay that much taxes. Right. If you're actually going to gift me $5 million, I'd like to receive $5 million instead of half of that after taxes happen. Mm -hmm. So to do that, let's build it in another vehicle to be able to pass on maybe either skip a generation or at least land outside of their estate. But you'd never know that. This is the risk involved here. You'd never know if you never talk about it. But <laughs> right. let's talk for just one second about some really fun, practical ways to do this. Um, I've spent some time with some great high capacity, high net worth individuals that um, that showed me some, some fun ways where they took the whole family. This is when you get to a high net worth, but they took the whole family on vacation, multiple generations, extended family, pull everybody into a conference room and maybe conference room isn't the right word because it sounds boring. They literally take the family on a fun vacation. And then in the evenings, they spend an hour or so going through and updating and talking about gen one. They have G1, G2, G3, generation one, two, and three. So when you get to a high net worth, talk about the value of doing that and that it's worth investing some money in the relationship with the family. But then let's say that I'm at a million dollar net worth and I'm not going to take my whole family on vacation. What are some of the ways that that middle, middle investor could pick up on these habits and start doing that early as their wealth grows? 
It, it comes down to the intentional communication we're talking about. You have this family time, whether it's the holidays and and just scheduling around that. Nobody wants to spend Thanksgiving talking about money or like <laughs> the moment. Besides us, besides the four of us. <laughs> That's right. We would so, be all so it's happy trying to, do to that. To force that 30 minute or hour section in and just have a plan and an outline of what you might want to cover. Keep it a little bit fun, but pass along that information is, is really the key. Because to your point, that very high net worth, you can get very detailed. But even in, in kind of everyone else, right, it's good to have that same communication over there. But it's really kind of forcing it in because initially it might be uncomfortable or boring. But we find over time is families tend to look forward to some of that as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think building a plan around it as well. So I get it where uber wealthy, yes, they can take those large trips, but let's think about it. Can we all go fishing down by the lake? We can, right? Still fun. And we're still having like a family event, interactive, right? We're not going to be going fishing and talking about wealth at the same time, but it's kind of preemptive to a meeting, right? So let's have a fun time. We're doing this for a couple minutes, but then when we sit down, have maybe targeted questions that we ask. That's something that we do in our family meeting. So besides discussing kind of numbers and flow, we also go into how do you feel about X, Y, Z? What do you feel has been the biggest contribution to X, Y, Z. So they're, di- they're going to be different depending on the family, but those are key questions. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but has anyone ever asked you, Leo or David, like, what do you think was the biggest piece that your family passed down to you in a value, like honesty, or uh, just think about that for a minute. What hmm. was the biggest piece? And not just that, you can come up with a a theme and be like, no, this was key in my family, right? Guess what happens when we sit with the whole family down? Then the parents had already given us what they thought it was. Now the kids are saying what they thought it was. And then you're like, oh, I forgot about that one. That one's good, (laughs) right? So that's the fun part of it, right? Where you're kind of chiming in together and then just making it better, right? Mm Because now everybody voiced their opinion and everybody has their thoughts. And then it's like, oh, as a parent, maybe I should focus more on that because that is important to the kids to have. Let's do more of that. One of the things that I get to do, I I do some consulting on the side with estate planning. So I help people with putting together uh, trusts or wills and mostly trusts. But what's interesting to watch is I'm meeting with them and they're wrestling through where to leave the money and with whom. One of the difficult things that they always have is if they have a child or several that are just not financially wise yet, you know, and they may be older, they may be younger. They're all over the place, really. <clears throat> so what's interesting is watching them wrestle through that. And what you guys are describing right here is something they're more than likely not doing. They're not talking. They're not conversating with them. They're not saying, hey, I, you know, here, here's what I'm seeing. And there's this wealth that that God has blessed us with. And it's going to pass on, but I don't want this wealth to hurt you. But yeah, right now, if I were to pass away and just leave it to you, it might. And those are the tough questions because they they want to bless their family, but at the same time, there's something missing. The kids haven't grown up yet. or And I think a lot of times people don't realize what they've not done. They just think, well, gosh, I'm responsible. Why aren't they responsible? And it, it takes intentionality to pass this on. So I love what you guys do because you're not so much focused on making sure that 
your client has enough money to make sure that they can just shower their family with money and leave them in a good place, you recognize the danger of that. And you're actually coaching people to understand how to have those communications so that what's passed on is the value that's going to maintain the wealth rather than the wealth that's going to wind away. So tell us about what are, what are the challenges that you guys see in that process? You know, as you're talking to families and you're trying to help them, is that a difficult thing for them to grasp? And then how do you coach them to actually have those conversations? What does that look like, you know, as, you, as you're meeting them for the first time and talking through it? Well, I think this is the, one of the struggles with the industry. It's too male dominated. Mm. So what, what you find is our team is, is actually more than half female and male. And part of what helps to overcome that discussion you're struggling with right there is we think differently as men and women. So if you can bring, if you can bring a male, female advisor into the conversation, we relate differently, we think differently, and it helps to uncover more and be more comfortable to unpack some of those tough discussions and and have things. And that's been our experience over the years is to really have that combination. That's why we talk about intentional, inclusive communication to include everybody and, and really have that comfort level so that it is more of an open dialogue and, and relatable for everybody involved. So one, one, one other thing is, as you're talking about that, do you find that many times it's the male, the husband that comes with the financial plan and the wife's just kind of either not there or, or she's not as interested? What, what are you finding these days with families? What are the dynamics you're seeing? Well, I would say the, the old way historically and what we're seeing more currently, I'd say that, you know, historically that was much more common the case, right? And, mm-hmm. and that was some of our experiences. You'd have that. We'd always deal with kind of the, the head of household, the male, he would pass away. Unfortunately, the women live long and they just weren't prepared. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd say maybe it's just the way we run our business today is it's much less common for what we encounter these days than it used to be. That's great. I love that. And it's part, and this is why I believe it's two jobs, right? As a family, what you do, but then as an advisor, we have a certain level of responsibility here. And mm-hmm. part of that is requesting Leo, bring your wife, David, bring her. Can you please bring her? Because we need her here to make this decision, right? But if no one ever tells you that, then you kind of think it's, it's normal or it's okay. I'm doing, I'm doing fine. I'm helping my family. I'm growing the portfolio and I'm kind of maybe more so like taking this off her plate, right? Mm -hmm. Because she has Mm -hmm. so much to do. I'm helping her by doing it this way we try to show that you're not helping, you're hurting by doing mm-hmm. it this way. And I think on the other aspect where you talked about, you know, maybe there is one of your children that, I mean, we can go out and say it. We don't have to pretend, right? That might be less responsible than our other kids, okay. right? It, yep. it can happen. We can pray as much as we want to try to make our children be wonderful, but sometimes <laughs> they <laughs> get different. Our best efforts. <laughs> yeah. We try to bring them back, but in and best efforts to protect the wealth. We like having these conversations where Jar and I, once we share, we tell the kids all the time that this is normal. This isn't your parent picking on you. This isn't the, your parent thinking less of you. This is kind of the process. This is how we go about it. And this is how we can make changes as time progresses. So that way they don't feel they're being attacked or singled out by the parent. We help show that it's okay to be this way. Well, and I think so many times it's like, I'm going to meet back in the day was your stock broker, right? It's all <laughs> stock driven, you name yep. it. 
and involved a financial advisor, but still it's like, mm, I don't really want to meet with the financial advisor. It's just overwhelming. It's all numbers. It's here. So it's really kind of bringing it down to a comfortable level that everybody in the family can feel comfortable talking about all issues. And it really evolves into a more balanced conversation to really solve the long-term family and wealth and legacy issues. When, when you get into real wealth management, this is the huge value add. So, so Leo and I, I, I love Vanguard, right? I mean, I recommend it to different investors at different times. But when you get into wealth management, and Leo and I talk about stewardship, no matter what level your wealth is, you are a manager. You've been entrusted with a certain level of resources. If you take good care of those resources, they will grow. You will be entrusted with more. Uh, if you don't take good care of them, uh, they will go away. And so, so we talk about this from the ground up, but this is the real value add to having a high quality wealth advisor like JR or Vanessa in your corner, helping you have these conversations, bringing in both mom and dad, bringing in generation one and generation two. And, and, I, and I love what you said, Vanessa, it's a common um, trap that we fall into. If you're married, you've probably fallen into this. I, I do this. Like I have, I have my brain and my wife has like half of my brain. So there are things that I do that I know all the information about in our family. And then there are things that I'm like, if somebody asked me a question, I'm like, oh, I need to go ask the other half of my brain. Like Ashley holds all of this data and it could be, it could be as, as silly as like where the keys are or like, where do we keep the baby bibs? To, to, oh, well, she's the one that's been managing this portion of our finances, or she's been handling this part of the budget, and we can bifurcate our brains. And I think there's a level of health to that. It's one of the values of being married. But when it comes to communication and bringing wealth in, you have to step into unity, and you have to be unified. And the best way to be unified is to bring somebody from outside of your family that's healthy, that is mature, that is wise, that understands money and can be uh, basically a, a relational and authority figure to speak into what together two people are gonna decide and then how you could do that to generation two and to generation three. So I'm, I'm saying this to our listeners, um, oftentimes Leo and I have communicated, um, you know, S&P 500, ETFs, uh, value investing and Vanguard and, and keeping it simple early on. But when you grow to true wealth, and you start to look at growing, if you don't have somebody from outside of your family to speak and bring new knowledge in that their whole job is to identify the markets and the best tax advantages and the CPA opportunities. If you don't have that in your corner, you will lose out on wealth and you'll lose out not just on financial wealth, you'll lose out on the family values. You will put those at risk when going from generation one to two to three. So I just wanna give a big shout out to you guys. Um, as we're getting close to the end here, uh, how have you guys seen the pandemic impact investors' mindsets? I just, uh, this is a, a last thing here. We've seen so much happen in the last year, the market uh, way down, and then the government stepping in, it going way back up. We're seeing a continuation of that trend of the last 10 years of just dramatic growth. How are you seeing it, mindsets impacted? And what are you guys thinking about for the future? Well, one big trend that we've seen, which is good and bad, is kind of the Robin Hood effect, as we'll call it, where it's low cost, open your app, transfer in some money, buy your stock that you read on a blog or cryptocurrency or you name it, which is good to get the next generation really involved because I think the pandemic allowed millions of people that never bought a security before buy a security. The the bad of that, is, as we see, is... You, 
there isn't the education that's necessarily needed. So we're, mm-hmm. we're all thinking ahead to, to what's ahead because cryptocurrency believes probably here to stay. And you, you see a lot of wealth has been accumulated even since the pandemic and certain assets like that of people that aren't necessarily educated in how to deal with all the aspects after that. So it's a, a good trend. There's a lot more interest, but it really gets back into education and planning for the long run. Yeah. I think the pandemic caused extremes and that's something that we have to fix, not tiptoe around. And by that, what I mean is people either became extra cautious, like, oh my goodness, if this ever happens again, let me take my money out. Let me, you know, only invest in a certain way because I'm being so extra cautious. That's one. Or the other extreme where they're like, what? I want to live my life. Who knows if I'll ever have one? Who knows if there's going to be five other variants coming? So I want to buy five lake houses, three boats, and two cars for each house, right? (laughs) So those two extremes kinds of brings what Jar and I do every day is kind of, we hear where you're coming from on either end, but let's make sure it's kind of, we say this, right? It's not where you want to go. It's where you need to go based on what you've told us. Kind of just bringing it back to reality, right? It's time to go back to your plan and we're here to make sure it gets fulfilled. Yeah, it's good. Well, um, we highly recommend this book. Uh, these guys are are the real deal and they have a, a unique way of communicating legacy, passing on wealth and just doing well financially. You know, we talk about the basics of managing money and investing, but they're really at the other end where they're really talking about as you build wealth. If you listen to the advice we've been given, if you uh, a consistent um, growing in your literacy of finances, then at some point you may, or you may already be there where you need advice from folks like JR and Vanessa. So we really encourage you to check them out, check out their podcast, check out their book. We really encourage you to read that. It doesn't matter where your wealth is, by the way, it doesn't matter what your net worth is today. Read this book. Cause I think there's going to be value there that you'll find uh, that's going to be good for you because it's going to help you to communicate with your family. And it doesn't matter. I always tell people, it doesn't matter how much you have, you're going to leave it behind. You're not taking it with you. And the things that you want to leave are not just the money. And these values you're talking about and how to do that and how to have these communications is so, so crucial to all of us. So I really, really encourage you guys check that out. Guys, anything you want to share with our audience, anything you want to tell them, how do they learn more about you? How do they find out more about you and connect with you? So we have uh, our both of our LinkedIn's, so Jared Gondek on LinkedIn and Vanessa Martinez on LinkedIn, as well as the podcast. So Family Value at Risk is one podcast. We also have Moving Markets, and that mm-hmm. tends to be a little more investment driven, but we try to make it easy for everyone to understand. Very cool. um, but I agree. Uh, I would say if there's one takeaway, it's kind of celebrating those small wins. You can't go through the whole book and think you're going to do absolutely everything there, but make sure you celebrate once you start with page one, right? Your net worth statement, get that done Mm. and be happy about it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And one one final joke comment that I've always liked, you talked about giving money, says that our founder used to say, there's three things you could do with money. You could spend it, you can give it away, or you can give it to the government. All right, we're all trying to minimize that third and keep as much in the family and as much as we can spend. So Amen do your that. good planning. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for being part of this. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, do us a huge favor. Check out the notes. Check out the links that will be in there 
to connect with Vanessa and JR and their organization. And while you're there, please share this podcast with someone else. Uh, we want to make sure everyone ex is exposed both to their book and to the content that we've covered in this episode. Thank you again for being part of this. We really love serving you. Let us know how we can serve you better. But in the meantime, thank you for being part of this. And we look forward to seeing you next time where together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. So it's really kind of bringing it down to a comfortable level that everybody in the family can feel comfortable talking about all issues. And it really evolves into a more balanced conversation to really solve the long-term family and wealth and legacy issues. Mm -hmm.